Hello, this is Thank You Tin, Season 3, Episode Number 5, XX Equals XY. I'm Jillian Curran. As we've just overcome our country's most significant election once again, we can now look back upon the different demographic conclusions. An interesting one of these, how women voted in this particular election. Lily Kennedy, author of 2016 Her Story, Her Vote, conducted the interviews with various women following the election. She uses this piece of theater as a platform to give a voice to women on the subject of politics. As stated by the Women's National Law Center, women fought hard to win the right to vote, and voting is still the best way for women to ensure that our elected leaders support policies that will expand opportunity, help women and their families through hard times, and strengthen the economy. Instead of standing in the way of policies that promote fair workplaces, improve women's health, raise wages, and support families. In this episode, we speak to Amanda Miller, head of OCU Edge, Theater OCU stage reading program committed to producing new works, Lily Kennedy, the playwright of 2016 Her Story, Her Vote, and Marianne Grover, a law student at the University of Richmond, who's worked for Senator Langford and Congressman Cole, and most recently on the Clinton campaign. This is Thank You 10, and the conversation starts now. All right, this is episode five, XX equals XY. Today, our guest is Amanda Miller, the head of OCU Edge and their stage reading program. How are you today, Amanda? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about Out of the Box? Of course. Um... Out of the Box is an organization on campus that produces a series of plays and staged readings. We also have improv shows, as well as this year we introduced a drag show last year, and we're bringing it back this year. We have a miscast cabaret. We also are introducing a new playwright pilot. So we do all sorts of theater, and it is completely produced, acted, directed, designed, all that good stuff by students. Wow. Okay, and you're head of OCU, or Theater OCU Edge. Yes. Um, the stage reading com- program. Can you tell me about that? Of course. So under the out-of-the-box umbrella, there is a program called OCU Edge, which is a series of three staged readings per semester. And we accept the plays after we read the scripts. And then the director has three rehearsals with a cast, and then they have one performance of a staged reading. And we love to produce new and maybe more controversial or edgy, as we say, works. (laughs) And a lot of the times we encourage people to submit works within the last five years. Last five years. And you all are about to produce 2016 Her Story, Her Vote by Lily Kennedy. Yes, yes. Uh, Can you tell me... About that, how is it going? That is a brand new play written about the election. And we're really excited to bring it into our season because not only is it it a new play, but it's also a play written by a student. And so it's just fostering that sense of creativity from a student writer, a student director. There's a student stage manager, I believe. 
And so it's all about getting new works out there and trying new things. So far, your experience with Out of the Box and OCU Edge, um, were you around when it started? Is it really new? How, how long have you guys been doing this? Well, Out of the Box is around 10 years old. So I wasn't here when it started, <laughs> but um, I was here when Out of the Box took over OCU Edge. That had originally been um, just a general program with the School of Theater. And last spring, so the spring of my freshman year, we kind of took it under our wing because we wanted to be able to treat it like an out-of-the-box show and have it as part of our season of auditions, just to make it part of that Sunday night, late night, out-of-the-box area. Yes, and when you do you guys produce shows? Um, out-of-the-box in general has our shows from 10.30 to midnight on Fridays and Saturdays in the Admin Tower. Plays like OCU Edge or specifically Her Story, Her Vote will be on a Sunday at 8 p.m., but still in the admin tower. Great. Uh, what goes into selecting the shows for you guys' season? We take submissions from student directors where we ask them to send us their play and also send us um, a little form that we've created to talk about maybe some challenges they foresee and how they want to approach that or just why they're excited to produce this play. And we take all of that into consideration, and then we pick our season, and we're looking for plays that are relevant to our audience, plays that are going to be a challenge for our actors because we want to have them be able to gain a lot of new abilities and new experiences, things like that. Right, so... 2016, Her Story, Her Vote is relevant in the way that Absolutely. the election has just been finished, and uh, that's all very fresh and new to us. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's really current events right there. Yes, and it, it has a really large cast, and they're all getting to play multiple characters. So it's something out of the ordinary for our actresses that are in the show. 2016, Her Story, Her Vote is by Lily Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Is she a part of Out of the Box with you guys? She is, and that is a coincidence for our first year. We um, set out looking for new authors, and we found Lily on our committee. She's been working with us her entire time here at OCU. In fact, last year we actually helped her produce Minor, which was a brand new musical written by Lily Kennedy and H.S. Helbig. And that was a great opportunity for both of them. And so we're really glad to have her back writing for us. So you guys are essentially a new works production company of sorts. You produce new works. I would say so. That is definitely a great way to describe the OCU edge area of Out of the Box. There are some older plays and improv shows that happen with Out of the Box in general, but when you get on the OCU Edge side, it's new works. It's all new works. You guys have a wide range of what you produce, plays, musicals, like you said, um, stage readings. Yes. um, Under the School of Theater, we definitely are more on the plays side, but we do like to throw in a musical when we can, and a lot of our cabarets are musical-based so we love to incorporate music students and 
um, maybe composers in the future. That'd be something that'd be awesome to do. What else have you guys done this year and what's coming up? Well, we are finishing the school year, but we're actually right in the middle of our season. We have about five-ish shows before the end of the year. 2016 Her Story, Her Vote will be at 8 p.m. on Sunday, April 2nd in the Admin Tower. And our final edge of the season will be on April 23rd at 8 p.m. And that is The Effect by Lucy Preble. And in between all of that, we have two more improv shows, two performances of a play called Consider the Oyster, and our miscast cabaret fundraising event. So how many uh, productions do you guys think you do in a school year altogether? In a school year, I think the numbers end up being six plays, six staged readings, one new work, two cabarets, and 12 improv shows. Wow. You're busy bees. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, Amanda... As we are coming to the end of our interview, we have something here on Thank You, Tim, that we like to call the six-word challenge. So I would like you to describe in six words OCU out of the box and OCU edge and what it means to you. New, exciting, opportunities, challenges, fun, and involved. All right, so that was new, exciting opportunities, challenges, fun involved. Yeah. All righty. Amanda, um, where can we find information about Out of the Box and Edge Productions? We do a lot of our information and sharing of maybe fun pictures and things like that on our Facebook page, which is on Facebook at OCU Out of the Box. And so for anyone interested in coming to shows or seeing behind the scenes sort of material, definitely like that page. And we've also branched out into a page for OCU Improv, where they announce their shows and their improv jams, which everyone is so welcome to attend. They are tons and tons of fun. All right, great. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Amanda. Thank you. I'm Jillian Curran. This is episode five. XX equals XY. We are broadcasting from the WOCU studio in the basement of Oklahoma City University's Gold Star Building. And the conversation continues after this. Don't you wait, cause this one time offer will get you, you down or make you, you high. It's whatever you want and it's Hello and welcome to Thank You 10, Episode 5, XX Equals XY. We are broadcasting from the WOCU studio in the basement of Oklahoma City University's Gold Star Building. I'm Haley Fortune and I have with me Lily Kennedy, playwright of 2016 Her Story, Her Vote. Hi, Lily. Hello, Haley. Glad that I now know the title of your play. Me too. All right. How are you today? I am fabulous. Fabulous. Um, so can you start off by telling me a little bit about what inspired you to create this project, kind of how you went about creating this work? Well, um, on November 9th, 2016, the day that Donald Trump was elected uh, to the presidency, it was an, ex an incredibly emotional day for everyone, no matter what party we're in. And I just felt like 
there was so much raging inside of me about this particular event. And I wanted a medium to kind of figure out what happened um, in terms of why America voted this way, why things went the way it did. And uh, this campaign was incredibly brutal and everyone was attacking each other. So I just wanted to try and hear stories from regular Americans on what exactly they think happened. Great. So what was your process in creating the work? Well, at first I sent out questionnaires to about mm, like 10 people, um, kind of asking them uh, sort of like basic questions about how they voted, why they voted. And then uh, my grandmother actually inspired me to start doing um, in-person interviews or phone interviews. So I then interviewed about 19 more women after that on the phone, and I transcribed all of these interviews myself. And then I uh, shaped them into the narrative of the play. So how did you go about choosing who you would interview? Some people I happened to know, and I wanted to interview, like my mom has a few friends in government. Uh, I know people that are particularly fiery when it comes to politics. Uh, So I just kind of interviewed people I knew at first, but then I started doing what I call targeted interviews, which means I, I sort of um, either knew how they voted and I wanted their specific perspective, or I wanted the perspective of a certain career or um, type of person. Uh, Like I really wanted the perspective of military women. So I went out and looked for women in the military to interview. There's been a lot of talk lately about the power of arts when it comes to politics and is it an artist's place to participate in politics and this type of thing. And um, by taking a work like this made out of up of such a heated subject and changing it into a piece of theater, what what kind of was your um, what kind of message, what kind of inspiration did you have towards creating a, a full work of theater? on this topic? Well, I think it is absolutely an artist's place to comment on our political climate. Some people are like, you know, just dance monkey dance, you know, just put on a play and, you know, shut up. But that's absolutely wrong in my opinion, because artists are people too, and we should care about uh, what goes on in um, our government. But I really wanted to create a work that could appeal to everyone and that everyone could find something in that they relate to. Like, um, I'm not shy about uh, my views and how I voted in the play, but I wanted to get all perspectives. So this is truly like a bipartisan look at um, our political climate. So that's kind of what I was thinking when I was shaping this. Do I have a balance of perspective? So with this particular piece, you chose to interview only women. Um, What was the inspiration behind that? And what does that mean to this um, work as a whole to you? Well, I'm not at all discounting the opinions and viewpoints of men by not including them. But women historically have not been allowed to voice their opinions. And actually, for the first time in politics, the focus has been on how women are going to vote. People would constantly say before uh, the election that the women's vote is really the focus because of, you know, we have our first female candidate and we have, 
you know, um, a candidate who was not particularly kind always to women. So it was always like, how are women going to vote? And people even said, well, if women didn't vote, it would have gone like this. And that just made me so mad. I just wanted women's voices to be heard (laughs) and not be interrupted by men. (laughs) Nice. I wanted there to be a platform where we could just hear women's voices for once and for them to not be kind of shoved down by others. So looking (laughs) at it as, as a piece of theater versus just like um, a piece of writing because you're in rehearsal for the process right now. Um, How has that been going? How's working with out of the box work, passing your work off to another director and another cast to, to celebrate these women's words. How has that been going? Surprisingly, I am so not stressed out about it at all, which is crazy. (laughs) I handed the script to Caitlin Gibbons, my fearless and brilliant director, and I, I completely trusted her, and she took it and made something that I couldn't have even imagined out of it. I'm... I'm fairly literal when it comes to my direction. So if I was directing a show, I would pretty much like be like, what's on the page? But Caitlin has created a universe for this play. She has brought things off the page and made them into something so brilliant and poignant. And I just cannot believe how amazing it has turned out. Awesome. All right. Well, it is time for us to wrap up. So we're going to we're going to end this one with our six word challenge. Oh boy. All right. So um Lily, let me ask you. In six words, can you describe not only women's place in politics, but women's place in the arts? Hmm. Women belong everywhere, no questions asked. All right, so can you tell me um, where do we find information about this production and future productions with this company? There is a Facebook event titled 2016 Her Story, Her Vote. You can find it on the Out of the Box Facebook page. Great. All right, so this was Lily Kennedy. The answer to her six-word challenge was, women belong everywhere, no questions asked. Once again, um, this was Lily Kennedy, playwright of 2016, Her Story, Her Vote. I am Haley Fortune, and this was Thank You 10, Episode 5, XX equals XY. We are broadcasting from WOCU's studio in the basement of Oklahoma City University's Gold Star Building, and the conversation continues after this. Hello, this is Thank You 10, Episode 5 of Season 3, broadcasting from Oklahoma City University's WOCU studio in the Gold Star Basement. This is Brady Bradshaw, and on FaceTime right now, we have Marianne Grover. Hey, Marianne, how's it going? Hello, good, how are you? I'm doing great. So, where are you located right now? 
I am at the University of Richmond School of Law in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. And what are you doing there? Um, going to law school. I'm in my first year um, here. Awesome. So awesome. Enjoying it. Well, great. Great. And you are an OCU alum, correct? Yes, I graduated last year in 2012. So you've also had um, some work on, you've worked with some senators and congressmen, correct? Yes, I interned with um, Senator James Langford from Oklahoma and Congressman Tom Cole from Oklahoma while an undergraduate student at OCU. And you've had some um, work with the Young Democrats of Oklahoma, is that, is yes, that correct? Yes, um, I worked as the statewide secretary for Young Democrats of Oklahoma um, my first year at OCU, actually, and also helped kind of restart the um, OCU chapter of the Young Democrats. We are doing a production at OCU that is dealing with politics and women's voice in that. So what is, what is your opinion on theater having an impact with politics? I think it's really important that theater does have an impact on politics. I think people who say that um, the arts have a little impact on politics, it's just kind of an absurd idea. Art really is there to be a form of expression, a form of political speech that's protected by the First Amendment. And artists are really one of the, they serve one of the most important roles in society. They hold decision makers accountable and they refuse to let decisions go unseen. And I think that's a really important role that artists, both in the theater um, and visual artists, really play in society. I completely agree. There is um, a heated climate with with women in politics right now, with the Women's March happening and our first um, uh, candidate for president being a woman. In, in our history, and our long history. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, women's impact in the political climate right now, and, and where do you see it going in the future? Um, so I definitely think there's an increase in the present, in women's presence in politics. Um, women are really entering this like really cool age of engagement and involvement. I think we really saw that with the Women's March. Um, the one in D.C. alone had half a million people there, and I was happy and honored to be a part of that crowd. Um, and it was a group of women there to say that we won't be silent anymore. We aren't going to let a room full of men make decisions about our health and our future and our children's future. Um, we really won't be silent. It's a powerful movement. Um, but the trick here is that we can't let it die. We can't really let it go. Um, you look to the U.S. Senate, it's still there's 79 men compared to 21 women in the Senate alone. Women make up a significantly larger part of the population and are so underrepresented in the governing body of the United States. And I think that's a really, it's a really sad situation, but I think women are reaching the point where they recognize how awful that is and how unfortunate it is to watch a room full of men make decisions for them. And they're becoming really excited about that and really invigorated. And they're taking more steps. They're running for local office. Um, they're running for even bigger offices. And that 21 numbers, uh, that number of 21 women um, senators is up by like five or six members than just a few short years ago. So you're seeing more engagement. Um, we just really have work to do. And I think we really need to seize on this momentum that we're feeling right now with a, um, some may say a anti-woman president in office um, and really seize on that momentum to really promote women's 
place in politics a little bit more going forward. So what w- what advice would you give to women out there who don't exactly know what to do with, with this energy that we have in our country right now? What, what can an individual woman do for themselves who, who may feel a little powerless? Yeah, so I think it's a tricky thing right now because you hear a lot of people saying like, run for local office. And I, that is a really great thing. That is a big step um, that a lot of people don't aren't necessarily comfortable with. Um, if you want to run for office, run for office, local office, school, school board, city council, anything like that. Like women should certainly run for office more, but you also, women can take small steps in their daily life to be willing to negotiate for races because what you see right now is you see a disparity of women in the workplace and women asserting their rights in the workplace. Um, they're underpaid, they're underpromoted, things like that. And so just a small step of negotiating a wage, um, asking to be promoted, taking those small steps in your daily life can really have an impact. And I think it can also set a wonderful example for little girls growing up. And I think that's a really interesting place and a really interesting trend that we're kind of seeing materialize now. Um, my generation specifically is that was kind of the first generation that was of women that was told like, you can be anything you want. You can be president. You can be an astronaut. You can be anything. Um, and I think we're really starting to see that. And I think that's why we have such a big growth in the women's movement right now. And it's only going to get better from here. So encouraging younger girls to do what they want and to live the life they choose and tell them that they can be anything they want. And they aren't limited by the fact that they'll be mothers. They they can kind of have it all. They can um, be mothers, but they can also be successful business businesswomen, successful actresses, successful politicians, um, and really just encouraging each other. But it, because I think one of the most important things is that when one woman succeeds, we all succeed. And I think we really need to build upon that and help each other up and help each other climb up the ladder. And I think that's a really big trend that we're seeing start right now in the women's rights movement. And I think that can really help kind of propel the movement forward. So I would say just like encourage other women. If you see someone who is successful, look to them, say, you're doing great. How do I do that? And just kind of look to those like small examples and take those small steps in your daily life. And I really think that can help propel the women's rights movement and help kind of cement the place women have in society. Yeah, yeah. So you're obviously an ambitious woman. Um, what what do you want to do with this law degree that you are you are after right now? What, what is your what is your dream and goal with that? Um, so I am still have two more years of law school. At this point, I really want to um, do policy work um, and so work on like legislation, regulation, um, working for specifically women's rights. Um, in the workplace. So I'm really interested in the gender pay gap um, and have done a number of policy research um, papers and done a lot of research into how women can be paid equally with men and how they achieve that status. Um, And so I'm really interested in, um, once I graduate, hopefully um, getting a job on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to work on women's rights um, in both the workplace and then in the broader uh, society as well. We're going to go on with our six word question. Um, okay. 
What responsibility do women hold in the future of our country? Um, women have the responsibility to speak up and help each other up. I love that. Um, so, Marianne's six-word question was, what responsibility do women have for the future of our country? And her answer was, to speak up, help each other up. All right. Well, it's been a great interview with Mary Ann. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, once again, this is Thank You, Tin, episode five of season three. Uh, we're broadcasting from WOCU studio in the basement of Oklahoma City Gold Star. This has been Brady, and the conversation continues after this. Closing out today's episode of Thank You, Tin, episode five of season three, XX equals XY. First off, I would like to thank my co-hosts, Haley Fortune and Jillian Curran. I would also like to leave you with a few quotes from women. From Malala Yousafzai, I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but is that those without a voice can be heard. We cannot succeed when half of us are held back. Our guest, Amanda Miller, from Out of the Box, was asked the question, OCU Out of the Box and OCU Edge and what it means to her. Her answer was new, exciting, opportunity, challenges, fun, and involved. Lily Kennedy, the playwright of Her Story, Her Vote, describes women's place in politics and in the arts as, women belong everywhere, no questions asked. And our guest, Marianne Grover, a future public policy maker, was asked the question, what responsibility do women have in shaping the future of our country? Her response, to speak up, help each other up. Leaving you from the WOCU studio in the basement of Oklahoma City's University's Goldstar Building, this has been Thank You 10, Episode 5, XX equals XY. The conversation continues at WOCU.online. Thank you, Tim. It's a student series on WOCU, the official podcast channel of Oklahoma City University's BA Theater and Performance Program. Executive producers of Thank You, Tin OCU are Mark Parker, Brian D. Parsons, and Gregory DeCandia. Thank You, Tin Season 3, Episode 5 was written, recorded, and hosted by Brady Bradshaw, Jillian Corrin, and Haley Fortune. Thank You, Tin's producing engineer is Gregory DeCandia. Thank You, Tin's theme was composed by Joseph Horak. Additional music in Episode 5 is from the meta-musical Some Assembly Required by Kate Brennan, available on iTunes. Thank You, Tin was created by Gregory DeCandia and originated at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill's Center for Dramatic Art. 
From UNC to OCU, all three seasons of Thank You 10 are on WOCU.online and available via your favorite podcast streaming service. Thank You 10 encourages you to continue the conversation on our Facebook page or WOCU.online.